This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie... Uh, it's snowing outside and I'm feeling a little antsy. Oh, a little antsy, huh? Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, for obvious reasons, right? Uh, for one, it's snowing and blowing. And also because this time of year, I tend to settle into a little bit of a routine and that routine mostly involves going out to play in the snow, but in the mountains more so than the city, you know, going skiing mostly. And also getting out for things like trail runs, uh, which I've been doing a lot more of these days. But I also long for some of the things that we love about the warmer months here in the Northwest. So heading out into nature, setting up your tent and settling in for a night outdoors. And I haven't done that in quite a while. Yeah, Jim, it's been a while for me as well. And it's something that I definitely think about when it's cold and it's wet and the nights are long in this time of year. I just, I really can't wait to be able to set up a tent and the warm summer night and look up at the stars, maybe make a fire. There's just something about that that's so special. And I am just sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the weather to improve to the point where I can actually go and do that again. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking out the window right now, Jamie, Note to the listeners, I've figured out a way to record from outside of my closet and capture reasonable audio quality. So I'm looking (laughs) out my window and, you know, we've got uh, blowing snow. We've got plenty of accumulation on the ground. It's Friday, uh, February 12th, and we are kind of uh, amid the uh, big Portland snow event so far this year. And, you know, it it seems like summer is uh, a far cry from now. It's a long ways away. Uh, going to set up a tent in the mountains with a, you know, maybe just a, a puffy jacket for warmth and a, a good sleeping bag. Uh, that seems like a complete different mindset than what we have going on right now. But in the spirit of kind of this wintry goodness, we want to try to capture some of that magic from our warmer months with a little bit of a wintry twist. That's right, Jim. Today, we are going to talk about something that, uh, 
you know, full disclaimer is not for everyone, <laughs> um, but myself included, but is for a, a lot of people a really great way to get out this time of year. And that is camping in the snow. So, Jim, this is not something I have ever done. Um, much more of a warm weather kind of camper, as I think a lot of people are. But it, this strikes me as something that is kind of a fun adventure to do um, this time of year and, and a way to get out there when there is some snow on the ground. Yeah, you know, anyone who has complained about the campground being too busy or the trail being uh, overrun with people or whatever it may be, you know, you can't find that backcountry campsite that you really love. Well, guess what? It is available this time of year. Uh, <laughs> now, part of, of course, what I'd like to say before we jump into any of this too much, right, Jamie, you said this is not something that you do, uh, something you have done, something you would like to do. Uh, that's totally understandable, right? Camping is uh, objectively a lot easier to pull off, a lot warmer for sure in the summer months when you're not going to deal with a bunch of snow. Snow camping is going to be rewarding, though, in a different way, uh, kind of proving to yourself that you can go do that, capture a little bit of that magic in the winter months in a snowy area. If you plan ahead, brave some colder temps, some blustery winds, maybe a, a chilly night. But we should note before you go, uh, you know, get up your enthusiasm and plan a snow camping trip for the first time, there are some things you should consider. Yeah, I, I think this this being a sort of more adventurous option, you really want to make sure that you stay safe. Give yourself an easy option to bail if that's something that you need to do. So that means don't go too deep into the woods, you know, maybe be close enough to your car where if something happens, you can just get in and take off and go home if need be. And understand that some of your basic summer camping gear just isn't going to cut it this time of year. So Jim, you're someone who uh, has done this before, who has some experience. I'm going to be leaning on you a little bit more heavily for, for this part here. But I, I mean, I'm curious. So when we're talking about you just can't use your, your basic summer camping gear, what kind of extra gear do you need to bring or special gear um, in order to go out there and have a safe and comfortable and enjoyable time camping out in the snow? You know, we've been gear light on this podcast in terms of the things you have to have to have a good experience, right? Because, you know, newsflash here, you don't need oftentimes the fanciest, best piece of equipment to have a good time in the outdoors, right? I, I think that's kind of been a theme that we've come back to a number of times. But one of the kind of adages that maybe I've I've made up myself or picked up somewhere along the way is warm gear is safety gear, especially when you're going up into the mountains or out into the snow, is warmth equates to safety. And I would like to think I'm willing to pay an extra penny for safety. And in the wintertime, you're kind of like standard $100 sleeping bag from REI probably is not going to keep you happy uh, when you're out in the snow. Jamie, I don't know about you, but a 32-degree bag in 20-degree uh, weather, that sounds like a recipe for not a lot of fun. No, we've talked about this before. Investing in a sleeping bag is a really great place to put your money if you're building out your, your camping gear. Get that zero-degree bag. 
pay a little bit extra for something that's nice and is going to keep you warm. That's going to be worth it. Yep. So I'll introduce my credentials or lack thereof uh, to kind of establish my authority on this subject. But uh, as many folks who listen to the show know, I like to do some mountaineering and climbing stuff. And occasionally that leads to me kind of setting up a tent with friends in the backcountry, you know, for a night out while I'm going up on a climb or whatever. And in order to do that comfortably, I did invest in, a, I think it's like a three degree mountain hardware sleeping bag that was inspired, of course, by some cold, cold nights out in my kind of standard 100-ish dollar sleeping bag that I used for this kind of thing before. I also invested in a good sleeping pad. So, you know, m- many folks are kind of familiar with the the self-inflatable or blow-up sleeping pads or kind of like the big, they almost look stackable, like Z pads that you'll see hikers carrying on the outside of their pack. I use one of those that is kind of rated with a, a very good R value or warmth value for one night winter camping. A lot of folks will recommend pairing a blow up sleeping pad with one of those big Z pads. You can play around with the combination that works for you. But moral of the story is kind of the number one thing that you're going to want to make sure that you have is a warm sleep system that's going to keep you off the ground during the nighttime hours. And just like with summer camping or camping any time of year, getting off the ground is kind of your main goal with those sleeping pads, getting away from sort of that cold uh, ground layer that may be also damp. And I imagine with snow, that's even more important. Jim, you know, aside from sleeping pads, sleeping bag, what are some other ways to make sure you stay warm while you're out there in your tent? Yeah. So in this first section of the show, right, we're, we're talking about what you need before you head out. So We've handled kind of warm sleeping bag, good sleeping pad. An obvious way to keep warm is to have a mechanism to make warm food, right? So in this kind of situation, you may even need to boil water in order to make kind of that freeze-dried dinner or your oatmeal for breakfast or your hot cocoa before you go to bed, uh, coffee for the coffee drinkers among us. For that, I obviously rely on a camp stove. There are many different options out there uh, for what you use. Uh, I I would note that you're going to want something if you're going out in the wintertime that has a reasonable wind blocking function. So whether that's kind of one of those, uh, you know, more standard backpacking stoves with like uh, they almost look like a tinfoil wrapper that you kind of use as a wind block. Um, whether it's a, a jet boil system, um, jet boils a, a brand of stove or, or something like that, you're going to want to provide yourself an option to make water, as we say, by boiling snow and then using that boiling water to uh, keep warm by means of eating a nice warm meal, drinking a nice warm cup of coffee, tea, hot cocoa, you name it. Um that's one good way to ensure that uh, you're going to have at least something to look forward to once you've cozied down. I've I've heard of the trick too, Jim, about um, filling up your your Nalgene or your water bottle with with hot water before you go to bed and kind of stuffing it at the bottom of your sleeping bag to keep your feet warm. Is that something you've done as well? You know, maybe I've done that before. I don't specifically remember, but that is a really good tip. And a lot of people really endorse that. And I've seen that out there uh, a number of times. Yeah, I would definitely recommend, you know, 
if you run cold or just need a little bit of extra warmth, that is a good option. The last item to Jamie before we kind of move on to some other cooking and how to pick a location and whatnot, just to note that the conditions can obviously be harsher in the wintertime. And it's important to go out there with a tent that kind of has like a sturdier stake than uh, your standard like little metal things you put in the ground to kind of make sure your tent doesn't blow away. Something more robust, an actual snow stake or ski poles or something like that to to give yourself a little bit more purchase in the snow. Yeah, I can imagine that, you know, staking it with your regular stakes in the snow, it it probably just does not work. Yeah, that's a a law of diminishing returns, I would think. And, uh, you know, especially (laughs) if you're going to go out for like a, a, a... daytime, uh, you know, romp in the snow or a snowshoeing trip or something like that and leave your tent sitting there, uh, you know, weigh it down, put some stuff in it, but also stake it down. Find a way to make sure that that tent is is secure wherever you are. So you've got your your sleeping bag, your tent, you've got some good, you know, um, camp stove, some ways to, to make water. What other kind of winter camping gear do you need to make sure you have before you leave home? It comes down, lastly, Jamie, other than your standard camping stuff, to warm layers, probably more than you would initially think. Because, you know, while you might strip down to to just a base layer or a puffy jacket while you're hoofing it into camp, you know, working hard, once you kind of slow down and are just around camp, hanging out in your tent or whatever, it's going to get chilly pretty quickly. And, you know, I tend to bring, if I'm staying out overnight, you know, my best base layer, a warm puffy jacket or two, depending on the objective, a nice shell to keep the elements off. So, you know, you could get by with a a good robust rain jacket, but ideally something that's a little bit more winter or snow specific. Bring your winter hat, bring gloves, more than one pair, ideally, of different thicknesses or warmths. And then a tip that I've picked up over the years that I find very nice is, okay, you're going to want to bring multiple pairs of socks. That would probably be a given here. But to ensure that your one pair of socks that you're going to use maybe around camp stays nice and cozy, not wet, stuff them before you leave home in the bottom of your sleeping bag. And then when you get into your sleeping bag for the night, You've got a nice, warm, dry pair waiting for you. That, Jamie, feels very nice. That is a tip I tell people for all seasons of camping, too. Have a dedicated pair of sleep socks. You know, that you you don't want to sleep in the same pair of sweaty socks that you're wearing all day. Um, Any kind of dampness in your sock overnight is just going to be bad news. So, Jim, I think you covered a lot of good stuff to have with you. So it seems like, you know, the next step of preparing on your way to get out there is how do you pick a place to go? What are you looking for in a place to do this kind of camping? Yeah, I would say for for folks who haven't done this before, but are experienced campers otherwise, kind of tamper down your expectations of maybe what you want to get into on your first trip out. So in the summertime, if you are, let's say, going to go think that maybe an eight mile hike into the backcountry to go camping is extremely reasonable, well within your ability level, maybe let's scale that back to like, hey, let's go like a mile into the backcountry from an established snow park that you're familiar with and 
provides easy travel to and from the car. Should you need to go back for different supplies? Should you need to warm up? Should you need to bail altogether if, you know, you're really not having a good time? I'd suggest finding a place that has easy access, you know, that could be just a couple hundred yards from a parking area, you know, as long as it's a place where you can lawfully go out and set up camp. I I think folks will find that they don't need to truly work all that hard to find a a pretty good option in the wintertime. There's one part of that gym that I want to pull out too, and that is leaving from an established snow park. Yes. So I I think this is really important in the wintertime, especially when you're up on the mountains, whether you're going up on Mount Hood or elsewhere in the Cascades, that you want to stick to these main roads. Uh, a lot of these back roads that normally in the summertime you could just go explore, find a backcountry campsite in, that is a bad idea to do this time of year. This is how people go and get their cars stuck and are you know stuck for several days waiting for help. You don't want to go explore those back roads when they're covered in snow because they're they're not plowed. They get a ton of snow and it is extremely easy to get stuck. So stick to some of these established snow parks that allow people really easy access into some of these camping and hiking um, backcountry ski areas. Like Jim said, it's easy enough to find yourself a place that is away from folks because let's be honest, not a ton of people are out there looking to do this right now. So Jim, that kind of plays into another aspect I think seems really important for people to look at, which is, hey, what's the weather going to look like when I'm out there? What does the forecast look like? So what are you looking for? What are you not looking for when you're thinking about going out from for maybe a weekend of camping out in the snow? So the cautionary tale here is just because it's nice, it's bluebird, sunny, wherever you call home, does not mean that it's going to be nice, bluebird, sunny, wherever you want to go camping. So I would encourage folks to, okay, uh, find an idea roughly of where it is you want to go camp. Let's say it's uh, in the backcountry up on Mount Hood, uh, you know, half a mile from a specific snow park that you really like. Try to find the closest National Weather Service forecast to where you're actually going to be. So something that has a similar elevation maybe is on the side of the mountain that is uh, closest to you. You could type in government camp. You could type in Mount Hood Meadows, uh, Parkdale, places that are going to give you a better idea than if you just kind of search via Google Mount Hood weather uh, and kind of see what's going on that way. And know, too, that weather in the mountains is fickle and can change. And you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're in over your head. So, again, toning down that Uh, objective of what it is you do want to do um, to make it easy to bail if needed. And I'll just add when it comes to looking at conditions ahead of time, contacting your local forest ranger office in that area or Bureau of Land Management office, those are great ways to, to find out from people on the ground near where you're going to be about what conditions look like, um, what kind of precautions you may need to take in that area. So, Jim, we're going to talk a little bit more with you about snow camping, specifically what to do once you've reached your campsite. But first, we're going to take a short break. Okay, folks, we are back talking about camping in the snow. And that is uh, an idea that for some sounds 
like a great way to spend a weekend and for others sounds a little suspect. Um, so Jim, we have already talked about some things you may need to have with you, some ways to prepare before you go. But I, I think a lot of folks, especially those of us who have not done this before, the question is, okay, so once you get there, how do you set up your camp? How do you make yourself comfortable? What are the things you need to make sure you do camping in the snow? Because obviously it's a lot different than camping in the summertime. So Jim, take us through it. When you get to your campsite, you found a good spot. Now what? Now what? So the first thing I, I would try to define is what makes a good campsite in the winter? Let's say in the summertime, you know of this amazing big wide open space that has a perfect campsite, really beautiful, expansive views, no trees anywhere around you, just wide open, and you're right in the middle of it. That may be amazing in the summertime, but in the wintertime, that area is probably going to be unnecessarily harsh, windy, uh, you know, snow whipping through there, you name it, unless you kind of build yourself uh, a snow wall, uh, snow kind of windbreak situation. But I think you can be choosy about where you set up camp to try to eliminate some of that work yourself. So if you can kind of find a spot that's reasonably flat next to, you know, kind of a natural berm or some foliage that can serve as a windbreak a little bit, you know, finding a spot that is reasonably sheltered is going to be a bonus. Once you get to your spot, you're going to want to try to make it as flat as possible. That's one thing that you have a advantage on over the summertime months when you're going to find a spot on the ground and it's either going to be flat or it's going to be rocky or it's going to be, you know, slightly imperfect in its own way. In the wintertime, you can make your camp what it is you want it to be. So a good idea would be to start by flattening that camp. So let's say you're on snowshoes, you can kind of romp around, you know, tamp down the snow, uh, kind of, you know, do a little dance, uh, turn on some music. You can do the same thing with skis. You can do the same thing, of course, in your just in your boots. I'd also recommend bringing a shovel so you can use that shovel to shape the camp as you see fit. So adding some snow here or there to kind of make a level platform, um, digging yourself uh, kind of blocks of snow that you can use to create a wind buffer or a wind break. Um, and then also digging a hole or kind of a, a place where the vestibule of your tent would go so you can store your things kind of out of the wind. I love that, Jim. I love the, the making a little dance to pack yeah. down the snow. That seems like a nice way to stay warm too. <laughs> I'm thinking Very about much it. so. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, one of the first things you think about camping in the summer is making sure you've got a source of water nearby, typically speaking. So in, in the wintertime, I imagine there are some, you know, uh, obvious complications to that, whether it's frozen streams or, um, I mean, of course, you're dealing with snow, though, too. So what is the, the process then for making sure you have water? Yeah, of course, that is one of the things that you definitely need to keep in consideration if you're camping in the snow. So more often than not, I would say almost exclusively, you should plan on either bringing in your water, which is a lot of weight and quite frankly, not super enjoyable, or boiling snow to make water, so to speak. So one of the tips I would have is as soon as you kind of have your tent set up, you kind of have semblance of camp 
assign someone who's going to quote unquote make water. So if you're in a group of two or three, maybe one person is is kind of digging out a, an area, a trench of sorts for you to store your gear. Another person can be responsible for kind of setting up the stove and getting water boiling. So that's simply getting a bunch of snow, putting it in a pot and boiling it down so you have fresh boiled, a.k.a. Uh, safe to drink water. Um, that you can use to heat yourself up, to make a meal, and to hopefully have for the morning so you don't need to run through that process a second time. You just need to boil water that's already been melted down. Tell me about the, the bathroom, Jim. I think that's the other thing people think yeah. about when when setting up camp, you know, finding a safe place to relieve yourself. Um, again, it seems like in with the snow, that might have some complications. Sure. Uh, number one, it's going to be cold. It's not going to be super enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> I'm not stoked on it. You're not stoked on it. No one I know. <laughs> I don't know that anyone would revel in that situation. <laughs> um, leave no trace principles are still a thing in the wintertime, just the same as they would be any other season of the year. So I would suggest kind of dedicating one area a little bit away from camp Ideally, in a spot where not a lot of people are going to visit or hopefully no one's going to visit, dedicating that as kind of the bathroom spot, if you will. In doing so, if you're going to you know, do your business, burying your waste in the snow isn't actually burying it at all because eventually the snow is going to melt and that waste is going to be exposed and then we'll end up just laying on the ground once the snow has melted completely. So... Bring a wag bag, a blue bag, whatever you call it. Bring maybe a couple of those so you're not tempted to leave anything behind. That would be the biggest uh, bathroom tip come wintertime. Yeah, I imagine, you know, even if you had access to the ground from the snow, that trying to dig a cat hole in the frozen ground, not necessarily uh, the easiest thing to do. Yeah, no thanks. I have not tried that. I don't think that I would be a happy camper trying to, no, no pun intended, Jamie. I don't think I would be a happy camper trying to dig a hole. So pack it out, folks. That is the easiest, best, and most environmentally friendly way to handle your business in the wintertime in the outdoors. Definitely. Definitely. Well, so Jim, the, the other, I think maybe some, maybe one of the last big things to consider here is food, eating. Tell me about what it is like to cook at, you know, your campsite in the wintertime and what kind of considerations you might make for the kinds of foods you make, um, you know, your preparation style, how that differs from camping in other seasons. So, Jamie, that like perfect Snickers bar that you've been looking forward to all day long, you've just been keeping that, say, in the brain or the top of your pack away from any body heat. That is going to be rock hard by the time you go to eat it for dessert, <laughs> you know, uh, a couple hours later. That is, you know, you can warm it up, right? You can, you know, put it in your sleeping bag, put it in your jacket pocket, whatever. Um, but the kind of food you do choose for a winter trip is going to be a little bit dependent, at least on the fact that uh, it is the winter time, and maybe some foods are not your best bet, aka bars harder candies, things like that are, are going to take a little bit more work to uh, make them as enjoyable as they would when it's warmer outside. One of the things I like to keep in consideration is picking a warm, higher calorie meal that's easy to prepare. So 
we don't want a bunch of chopping of vegetables and, you know, going through kind of a more complicated camp recipe. I want to boil some water, put it in a bag, mix it together, something like that. I want to add ingredients to boiling water. Easy does it this time of year is is my two cents. Something that's going to be warm, something that's going to be quick, something that's going to be easy and something that I'm actually going to want to eat, Jamie. I think that's a big key, right? Don't kind of force some fancy, uh, you know, super special camp meal down your throat. If, you know, hey, I just really, really like basic rice and beans. Boom, done. So back on our, our camp cooking episode, uh, we got some really good advice from Samantha Bacall, who um, talked about pre-cooking soups and different kinds of foods that you could really easily reheat once you're at camp. And Jim, it, it sounds like that might be a good option for this time of year as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, having some sort of, you know, hearty soup, um, something you could just sort of either pop in boiling water in a pouch or, you know, be able just to heat up real quickly. That seems like a really good option as well. For sure. Delicious, easy, no extra prep. All you got to do is, you know, heat it up and eat it. That is, if you have the time to prep at home, 100%, that is a great option. And, and one note um, that I'm seeing here in, in our notes from you, Jim, that I really want to pull out is don't be afraid to indulge. I love this because it's, look, it's cold. Um, you know, it's important to have, you know, keep your warmth and energy up. Um, really tap into that, you know, that bear energy um, and really have yourself a, a fat bear camping trip. Um, I love that, Jim. I think that's a really great, uh, some really great advice. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you been out on the trail? You know, you've reached your destination and you're on, on the way back and you're like, oh man, that pizza I'm going to eat tonight. <laughs> yeah. Channel that energy, like whatever it is that you are just like longing for, reward yourself. You're out camping in the snow. It's like 20 degrees or something like that. Let yourself have uh, kind of a treat, if you will. I think that's some great advice. Jim, you've been giving us some great stuff here. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, are there any other sort of little tips, little tricks that you um, might recommend to folks who, who are going out there, maybe trying this for the first time or for folks who have snow camped before and are looking for some ways to keep things fresh and a little more comfortable? Yeah, a couple of quick bullet points here. Um, I touched on this one earlier, but get or make your water early. That's not something you want to be fiddling around with right before you go to bed. And it's good to stay hydrated throughout the day. Secondarily, try not to get sweaty. Sweaty equals cold eventually. So if you're starting to get too warm, shed a layer, put it in your backpack, put it in the tent. You know, maybe that's applicable while you're digging yourself, uh, you know, kind of a, a trench to to store some of your your gear um, in your vestibule area of your tent or whatnot. You don't want to sweat through your clothes. Of course, remember your leave no trace principles. Cook before you're hungry. We talked about filling up that Nalgene with hot water and putting it in your sleeping bag. Make sure that lid is on tight. You don't want a wet sleeping bag. Bring extra gloves and socks. We talked about the socks. Store them in your bag. Extra gloves, I think I mentioned, of different warmth levels. So I tend to bring a kind of uh, a skinnier pair of gloves, a midweight pair or two, and uh, a kind of a big mitten that I only use if I'm really getting cold. 
you know, that may be a little bit overkill, uh, depending on your activity level. And I scale that up and down depending on, you know, how long I'm going to be out, what kind of things I'm doing, the kind of temperature it's going to be, but always more than one pair sleep with your electronics. So if you don't have a way to charge them, even if you do have a way to charge them, put them in your sleeping bag, keep them warm. And then lastly, Jamie, you went out there, you braved the cold, you're camping in the snow. Don't sleep through the sunrise. It's beautiful and it's special. Get up and enjoy it. I love that, Jim. Yeah, the sunrises and sunsets are just better in the winter um, due to science, atmospheric science. I think that's some great advice. You know, as much as it might feel nice to cozy up and sleep through, yeah, wake up and 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 enjoy those sights that you've gone out there to see. Jim, this is this is all really, really good advice. And you know what? You've I think inspired me to try it out here. Maybe not this winter. Right. Um, maybe one of these winters going up to Mount Hood or some other spot and giving snow camping a try. That's what I'm talking about, Jamie. We will have to report back if in fact you do get out and give this a shot. I have not been camping so far in the snow this winter. So uh, I think uh, in the coming months, I'm probably due for a trip myself. Sounds good, Jim. Well, definitely let us know when you do and uh, can't wait to hear about that. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, in the meantime, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 Seconds of Zen.